Hey, my name is Nancy from WTSR. I'm here with Matthew and Peter from Arn Sakimbo. How are you guys doing today? Doing great. How are you doing? <laughs> doing well. I'm good. You know how these zooms are. You know, I don't want to. I don't want to speak over everybody at the same time. But I'm also good. It's like, <laughs> nice, who's yeah. going first? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So today uh, we'll be talking about your music for. World College Radio Day on October 2nd, 2020. So yeah, it's the beauty of uh, Zoom conversations. I feel like that's always been like a big issue of just like knowing when to speak. It's like, I know my 100%. class. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, it's like, I want to have breakout rooms. If people are like hosting these like Zoom parties all the time, it's like, I kind of want to go into a room with my friends and deviate yeah. from said party. That's, yeah, that's a good point. Like it's hard that's to have a That's a million dollar app idea. I think it must be done. It must have been done. I don't know, I'm man. Saying. I don't think so. They have chats okay. on Zoom, so like we can right, talk. So, but I don't but, think that you could be like, I'm gonna go another room real quick. Yeah, but if you're just typing, then you're like kind of an asshole, right? Everybody knows you're like shit talking one person. Oh, <laughs> yeah. This is radio, right? Yeah. Hold on. We uh, can. Like, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I'll do my I best. Was, yeah, Matt, I was gonna say I, I normally get on I normally get on him about it, but but it's me this time. <laughs> oh, how the turntables! Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So to discuss your first song um, that you'll be that we'll be playing, um, it's called "Devil," and it is a single that was released in 2018. So with "Devil," um, there's a like it's a beautiful soft acoustic opening. Um, and it's very simple and elegant. How uh, would you describe like Devil to be typically your like your typical sound like as a band? How do you think, categorize your? Genre? I think we wouldn't. I think we had a thing that happened where like a couple of our like popular songs kind of surfaced from like more of the acoustic sound, and like Devil and Rearrange are two of those songs. But Devil's one that like people really connected to, and we kind of. I mean, I remember when we were practicing, we we're all living in this house in Culver City, and like we practiced it full band initially and it just took away from all the stuff. Cause, cause Chris had written it by himself uh, initially. And like, it was a lot of him like finger picking and figuring out acoustic stuff. Um, and like working on like a, like a new style of guitar playing called Travis picking for him at least. And, uh, and like worked that out. And like, once we entered, it felt wrong. And so mm -hmm. we just kind of like reserved some of that full band energy for the very end of the song to let that be like a culmination, you know, ultimately, but, but it, it, I would say it's a little bit like different from what we, what we tend to do. And I think for that, it like stands out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How has it been collaborating as a band with like your songs? Like, is there, do you typically write songs all together or what's that process? Um, typically a song, either I, either I write it or Chris writes it and then we bring it to somebody else in the band and hopefully we can get enough traction. Um, we kind of move slow. We've been talking about this a lot. Like we move pretty slow as a band because we're like, there's just a lot of like avenues that it goes through. It goes through one of us to decide that we like it enough to show it to other people. And then it goes to another person and they, okay. And then it goes to all of us. We got to make sure it gels in the room. So it is kind of tedious. Um, but, and I think that's why like everything that is out is something that we're really proud of. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, collaboration wise, it's, uh, it's, it's nice to have like 
you know, multiple like strong songwriters that we can work with with the band. And then like, I'm, I'm think Matt, you could probably speak to your role more so as like somebody who comes in later in the process. Yeah, it's like the way that I always think about myself is like, like we 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 find the skeleton that is like the best skeleton of a song which is what peter and chris bring to the table and then we just kind of layer on top of it like i like to think of myself as like really good at like figuring out like arrangements and like figure i mean i play drums so like thinking about like like the groove and like how people are going to like feel like kind of the rhythm and how it progresses like through the song so like it's it's kind of like taking these skeletons and like thinking about like what can they be like and like what idea do these guys have about like about like what this song could be and then we just kind of like put our own myself and then call on our bass player like we kind of like help like put our our spin on it and that's kind of what makes arms akimbo songs arms akimbo songs like we're all all of us have our own kind of strong suit when it comes to like the writing and like the shaping of a song and like the polishing of a song like Colin's an incredible harmonist and he's really good at stripping out pieces of songs that aren't necessary and I like to think that I'm like um like really good at at arrangements and dynamics and like thinking through like the more like complex technical stuff like I try and throw as much of that as I can at the song and then Colin peels back the parts that like He's like, we don't need this. We don't need this. And then, um, you know, eventually when it's, you know, we throw all of this stuff at the wall and then we just kind of figure out what sticks together, I guess. Um, but it all, it all starts from the skeleton that gets brought. And like, I think like our ear for being able to kind of sift through all these different ideas and like these, these nuggets that are kind of brought to the table and then figuring out like, okay, like, like which seeds are we going to plant? And then, we just kind of nurture them and then they turn into arms akimbo songs. But, you know, it's great that it goes through all these filters, but like Peter said, like, you know, pros and cons of all of this, like it takes a long time to get stuff out, but like, it's all stuff that we're super proud of. I'm proud of every single song that, that we have out because of how much time and effort that we put into it. There's a, a lot that goes on uh, to put out a song that's like three and a half minutes that people don't realize. <laughs> I'd imagine. <laughs> so how did Arms Akimbo begin? Like, it's a unique name, too, for a band. <laughs> um, um, we started as a college band, uh, which is, like, we've been through kind of all the stages, I feel like, you know, you, like, the transition from being, like, a college band to a local band is like a whole thing and like the transition of like being a local band to a touring band is a whole thing and so I feel like we're like right at like okay happy we're a touring band like, let's keep doing that and then obviously that is like paused now you know but so yeah we've been kind of through I think a handful of transformations and like kind of using this whole time as well as another chance to be like how can we transform and adapt and not necessarily try and like fight what's happening in the world but like you know use this time to like regroup and stuff because we've been a band for five years and we were all really different people than we were when we were also like trying to go to college parties and then write songs on a Sunday morning. You know what I mean? Like, uh, but yeah, that's kind of, we started as like a, a project, like a school project that we were like, it's kind of good. <laughs> and then, and here we are now, a <laughs> couple, a couple of big tours. Like it's, it's funny because 
we it was literally like okay we'll play like a house show like that was like a big thing for us like we'll play like some fraternity party or whatever the hell we were doing and it's like oh people are actually liking us like oh wouldn't it be cool if we played like a real venue it's like oh that went well it's like yeah i don't know for me it's like i never thought that it would snowball into this thing being just like we're four guys in college that we're just making music yeah. and yeah it's it's crazy <laughs> <laughs> yeah especially since like wtsr is a college radio station um we definitely it's like that's kind of a mindset that like promoting maybe underground beginning artists like and it's like seeing them grow in their careers it's like it's very cool do you guys often feel like um having can I back, can I, can I back you up for a second yeah yeah of course about that yeah uh do you have do you guys have relationships with other like do you guys like know the other college stations like are you familiar with kxlu by any chance i'm not not that one it's so like we're based in new jersey so um yeah. no it's i understand like, I, I our school lmu was really proud of of kxlu it's like a really cool college station uh-huh. and we never got any airplay like we barely got any airplay from them. <laughs> pretty like, much man, none <laughs> pretty much not. I think we got played once at like 12 in the morning and it was uh I'm just curious yeah it's just funny to me because it's like I think because we went to school there it was a detriment because they're like well they're too close to here I know those guys they're not they're not like a cool college station <laughs> oh, band you know what I mean <laughs> yeah yeah I definitely think it it all depends I think we do play, actually, like, it's all about, like, if you can get a CD and, like, send it in and put in automation, then it's, like, it's set and it would play the station. We have we a local... just walked upstairs one time from classes and just gone and given them a CD and it would have been different. <laughs> Should have done it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, how was it, like, be, with your origins in college, like, as a, in college, what, how has it um, influenced your playing and musicianship now? Matt and I were friends that just we went to go to we would just go to shows together before we were ever like in a band like he was like the kid that I knew that had a car and like the same music as me so like yeah. I think with the grounding being friendship you know what I mean like Chris was the dude who used to like make me sign in when I like came in to my dorm after midnight you know like Colin was like a freshman that I knew when I was a sophomore who like I heard like sing acapella and thought was pretty chill so like you know it all that stuff which is like seems like small and trivial i think just like uh added up to us like having a relationship prior to like ever wanting to create together so at least that carries on with you so when you know things moved on and we started being a band that were like roommates and stuff like we got to you know have a lot of those experiences and i think kind of carry that with you and also secretly and i'm i'm sharing secrets now I think being a college band really helps you like play shows in a city. Like if oh, like, yeah. the fact that we went to a school in Los Angeles and then played shows in Los Angeles meant that we had a bunch of kids coming to venues and then venues being like, Hey, come back, you know? So like that, take that run with that. If you're a college musician trying to, to like crack this thing. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'd imagine that helps like build a fan base and like get to know the audience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it. I think it built. It builds the local fan. It like puts you like so far ahead. At least the way that I see it, it's like I see so many bands that are starting up that like are trying to get people to come out to shows, and it's like, 
who do you get to come out to shows if your band is starting out? For us, it was like, well, I'm going to get the hundred people that I know that are going to the same party with me every single weekend to just go to the venue instead of the house or whatever. Yeah. Not that that doesn't come with detriments because like one of the first things was like we would go to other states for the first time when we'd be touring and like have friends there and we're excited to, to see our friends there and then like our friends like wait a second and, like people here who aren't me are here to see you like like yeah. how many of these kids went to LMU like we had like literally people not understand <laughs> that we had like fans in other cities and then like <laughs> then like the you know your friends become like uh you have to like train them and be like no this is a this is a real show this is a thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah I I think I think with like at least for us it let it, at least for me I'll speak for myself like like the going back to the question of like how to impact like my musicianship like I think it like put me it allowed me to find people that liked the same weird music that I that I really liked and used to nerd out like basically by myself on so like Peter and I would go see Bombay Bicycle Club who nobody else that I knew at LMU knew about and then like when you see someone like that, that's like as amazing as they are and as amazing as they are live, like seeing that like inspires you to like keep digging for new music and keep like working on new music and practicing and stuff like that. Like, and it afforded us like a lot of really great stuff. Like um, the three, the other three guys in the band were all music major or recording arts majors. So like recording studio stuff. Um, and they would have classes where they would bring bands in to record and it afforded us the opportunity to like be in a studio and record together and like for me I was I was in the business school I wasn't um in in music or anything like that but like because I knew these guys and like they were in this program like it got me into like playing sessions for them and playing sessions for like other people and like other bands I was playing it like it just like really like fostered this this really great creative discovery i guess that we had with each other like i don't know for me that was you know that was invaluable like that's it kind of just like really if you find the right people that you're going to college with that have the same interests as you and you can just geek out about stuff like what other time in your life do you only have to worry about classes and then whatever else you want like you no other real responsibilities like it just kind of gave us like a huge i think advantage it was awesome yeah definitely and with this song devil um you list a lot of places like the devil in this town and it's like referring to los angeles where you went to college how did the location of los angeles like impact like how was the music scene there how did it impact your style um heavily i mean like i i think that you know, the cliches, like, big city, small town, you know, and everybody knowing each other, and all that stuff is true, and we had, like, a really, um, I think we've had, like, a weird, the whole song is, like, a love-hate relationship with the city, like, we loved being there, and we, and it's just funny, like, you can see, like, the disparity, like, you, you know, like, from a homeless person in front of a mansion, like, you will literally see that sort of thing all the time, and you'll see, like, the difference in, like, class and you'll also like even in the music scene you know we were like more in like the DIY spectrum of like playing shows with like I don't know friend, like you know doing house shows or whatever that might be and you compare that to like somebody who like you've never heard of is like 
getting some weird record deal and like like major label stuff is happening like all that stuff is kind of swimming around each other so mm -hmm. like all these little clicks exist like on top of each other you know and it's like it's just kind of strange so i think i think um that song is a bit of an expression of like our frustration but adoration for the city mm -hmm. um it's and i think and i think like our uh we like talk about that a lot like in our lyrics there's a lot of like complaining about money or like being honest about like uh you know feeling like some level of of fakeness or whatever that we you know uh have you know to deal with in this in in los angeles but but it doesn't mean if we really were such a big deal we probably wouldn't live here anymore and we all you know like it enough to stick around so yeah <laughs> yeah i i think i think that la it's like it's such a huge place for you to like meet people that help you shape your sound and like have a scene but like it's like there are all these people that are like fostering this amazing thing but there's also like it's difficult to stand out in a sea of a million bands and artists and everything like that so you know it's it's hard but inspiring and like there's a yeah. lot of like cultivation and like camaraderie like peter and i live with a guy uh in a band called the jacks um and like we've been hanging out with them a lot and like like working on music with them it's like that doesn't happen like if you're living in you know a not huge music city like you don't meet a a guy who's in another band that you really like that wants to move in with you like it's just like this kind of like sense of community that's really awesome and has kind of like helped i think shape us shape us individually musically and then in turn like it's reflected in our music but it took it took us a while to find it you know it took it, us a while to like yeah. find the right the right group of people and the right like like positive energies that didn't feel like vultures like which is what the city can sometimes feel like so once we did find it and we found the people that like were often transplants or like from something different then we were like oh cool there's something positive here too and i think that yeah. was good it also helped all of our like um i don't know emotions towards like music scene period mm -hmm. do you often work on collaborations with other musicians or is that something that how how would you suggest navigating that I don't think we really do it in this project. Like to us, we've like had a, a number of offers of people being like, yo, let me write an Arms Akimbo song with you. And we're just like, no, thank you. Like we, you know, Arms Akimbo stuff is like what we make together, the four of us, whether that's like me writing a song, bringing it to them or Chris doing the same or like us doing something all together. Like, like we, we have enough navigations of collaboration in our own band that to, to work on and like, and like sort through that we don't really see a need to like, bring in that whole like co-writer scene but but we do you know a handful of those things outside of the band like I, I I'm doing some songwriting with some other guys and, and have done some like sessions and I don't think that would happen if not for like like coronavirus locking us down and me just like doing FaceTime sessions and I've like done a little bit of that before and Matt is actually like really heavily involved in like managing and producing hip-hop artists so like we do what we what we enjoy outside of this and then this being the priority of like how we create stuff and Chris is off doing like his own solo project too which is like really beautiful a lot of electronic and acoustic um mm -hmm. you know stuff and that's like you know more of like a collaboration with like other visual artists and stuff so like I think we you know when we work on stuff together 
that's kind of like the extent of it. And like our collaboration with other friends is like, you know, we have some friends like Derek Ted who we've, we've toured with and been his backing band. Like um, we've like talked about like these fantasies with other bands, like we should make some track together and like have all eight of us do so, or whatever, you know, like, I don't know how realistic any of that is, but, but I do think we still get to flex some of the muscles that we enjoy um, outside of the band mm-hmm. with those po- same positive relationships that made us feel better about LA. Yeah. Yeah. So to transition um, to your second track, uh, it is None of My Business. Also, um, it's from the album Wrong Kind of Dance Party from 2018. Um, there are some very clever lyrics in this song. And it's, it's also, uh, you're mentioning lyrics earlier, um, just about like different topics that you choose to sing about. But how exactly do you craft these stories? Like what are some guiding principles, I guess? None of My Business is a song that, I think you saw Matt grin a little bit because like we don't play it as much as he and I might like like you like that track right Matt like uh, that one's fun yeah and I think there's just like something about it where it's like when when songs like that like um I think they're like I think that song's a lot of fun and uh and for some reason we just like I kind of forget about it but but wrong kind of dance party I think that might be the song that like sums up that album a lot because it's about that transition that was like us like putting behind the college life and like becoming like a local LA band before we started touring and so like a lot of that is about like being uncomfortable at a party being focused on like relationships and like and like a lot of um I don't know I almost want to pull up the lyrics because I can't think about it that well but uh um what was your question again remind me I guess just in general like what how important it is like is it like creating lyrics does that take precedent over the actual song or is like the rhythm Mm. yeah i think the lyrics are like to be honest like to me and it might be different for matt but to me the lyrics are the most important thing because that's what everybody's listening to and like that's like the focal point of any song and so like that's why like when we talked about like devil it's like you know that song needed to like highlight the lyrics and we needed to pull down all the other instruments. So if that means us not playing for two minutes, then that's what we're going to do, you know? And none of my business is one where it's like, um, yeah, like, you know, the chorus is something where we're like, we drop out all the instruments so we can focus on that too. And so um, I think that lyrics are something we really enjoy. Chris and I really like to focus on like, um, he might be a little, little bit more literal than me. I know that I really like to play with words. Like I like, yeah, you know, we, I think we like to play with, um, you know, uh, like double meanings of words we, we mess with a lot. And if we like, we kind of like, we'll have like verses that will like spiral in maybe and like maybe like reuse some of the same words, but like use them in a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like something that like, I just love listening to that music. So I don't know how like thought of that was or if it's like just how I like operate. If you listen to, you know, like one of my favorite lyricists is Darwin Dees and he does like, he, I think he does like genius work with like setting a scene in a verse and then like keeping a chorus really simple. Um, and I think that that is like the goal is like any story, you have like a pretty good amount of creative freedom in the verses. Mm-hmm. And so the more you can play with it there, you, you know, you should, mm-hmm. but then when you get to a chorus, you kind of need to be pretty direct and catchy and you have a lot less liberty than you do uh, in a verse. Yeah. So in general with, um, I remember we were talking about different um, playing concerts and different house parties. How, how has your band been affected during um, the coronavirus with all of that? Has it been a tough transition or is it different 
priorities or no we've been super good it's been actually awesome <laughs> tours going great um, <laughs> um, no i mean it um it it screwed over a lot of people um for for uh, like like we were we had our first headlining north american tour like legit one for april <laughs> no, dude, for March. It was like or March. 14 days after this this got locked down. Or no, it, it was, like, was uh it was it was the end of March. It was March it was March twenty seventh. It was the first first day of March like to May. Like we were gonna be on the road from March to yeah. May. Yeah. So, well, so I mean basically all of April. <laughs> yeah. Like that was that was basically all of it. So I mean, right when the pandemic hit, our the biggest step that we were taking as a band just ended. We sold we have we we were selling tour posters that were like the first ever North Amer Arms Akimbo headlining canceled tour. Like, <laughs> that was like, like the, our merch that we had just kind yeah, of making a joke an, of it. If you want to use an image for this interview on your social media at all, I would recommend that poster instead of any <laughs> of our faces because it's pretty funny. It's hilarious. Um, <laughs> but, we, but no, it, it really like, it really made bands kind of just shift, like shift gears into like, into a gear that we've never really been in. Like, mm -hmm every like our roommate was in the same boat like they're they just rescheduled their tour for like sometime early 2021 and we'll see if that even works out like you know we're all in uncharted territory like as an indie band like that's you know not some over some blowing up on the internet whatever like the way that you get fans and you progress is you tour mm -hmm. and that's what we were doing we were on the heels of um and we were coming out of like a really big full North American run with the dangerous summer. We had, uh, we'd been out with the Mowgli's twice before that we've done South by Southwest a few times. Like, like we were really picking up steam and like, Oh, this is how we get fans. Like this is our number one priority is to put out music and then support it with tours to get more fans and to just kind of build the base. Like, you know, we've done great in LA. We've done great on the West coast. Let's go try and conquer the United States the best that we can. And it it just made us try and be more creative and stay active, like be it oh let's try and write more, let's try and do live streaming more. Let's um, when we drop a song instead of having like a show to support it or a tour to support it, I guess we're gonna do like a paid Zoom tickets. Like it just kind of makes you like get creative about it. But like mm -hmm. it's also super difficult because it's like touring's our favorite thing in the entire world and that's how you progress so it's like really difficult because it's like i can't progress the way that we've been trying to do so like let's try and be as productive as possible but like it puts a lot of things in perspective for you and like really like you know we're just trying to stay active and mm -hmm. do as much stuff as we can behind the scenes so that when the world opens back up you know all of this downtime was not in vain it was to set us up for success later but i mean yeah I and like I think any band that's touring would agree like it's it's difficult it's like and that's also where you make your money it's on the road but it's like, also like but also like you it's the same as anybody like it, like every single person has been obstructed by this and like feeling you know multiple emotions about this and also going through several different phases you know like if you watch you know everybody got into puzzles for a month and then for another week they're into like sourdough making and then everybody was into like fitness for whatever like whatever phases like we go through the same thing so 
whether that was like us being like we need a demo every song that we've ever written and then and then next we're like well i'm kind of tired and like you phase out and then we were in a merch phase where we were selling a bunch of merch and like honestly making like some decent money out of like you know and then we were in like an instagram live phase and and now we're in a like a well let's just sit and like figure out how to write i know for me like we haven't been in our practice space for so long because it's just hard for us to get in there with with all the restrictions that it's hard for me to even think of songs in like a plugged in setting so i'm writing a lot more stuff acoustically than i did before just because like mentally it's harder for me to like think about the drums or you know what i mean or like the dynamics of things so like matt and i've been working on some songs at home just because we live a door away from each other where like you know they're starting out a lot smaller than say some of the songs that we have recorded or like so, some of like what we you know are used to writing um so i don't think that that's a problem i think that's it's good to like have different perspectives and uh and change things up but but yeah as much as anybody i guess is the answer. <laughs> it's tough yeah <laughs> as a band have you like do you try and still have like um regular like meetups of some kind or like like calls to like yeah we have been anything? it's good to have like a couple i would say it's good to have a couple deadlines and stuff and also like like i think the other thing that was important for us to be honest is like we've been on this hamster wheel of being a band and like working really hard and having this be our focal point for five years and it's like a lot of energy and so I think for you know for a second there we were all just like kind of quarantining and and uh took a minute to like breathe and like get a break from this band and we're like maybe you know maybe there's some like goodness in like and like resting for a moment so I think now we've taken that time and now we're ready to like kind of like you know get things back on track and we've been kind of working on that for the past month but but it's funny it, it gives you pause and then you take the pause and you're like that was nice because <laughs> yeah. yeah. we're not some like you know big studio band that like goes like on a big national tour and then comes home and like has however much time like to like write an album and then go record the album like we're kind of doing all of it all the time mm -hmm. and and we are the team pretty much you know with the, with the exception of like a couple managers and an agent like and we've been the team for the majority of the time that we've been a, a band so like you know I think having a minute to breathe might have been like the silver lining in all this for us at least yeah yeah, yeah. what is that like as a team like for your band to be more in control of your own operations do you think this is a like a new modern concept for bands or is it more accepted now I think it's just um, not I think it's just not like available yeah. to the masses because that's not how like that thing you do or almost famous looks you know but I think it actually is more common than than people might realize Matt I cut you off oh yeah I, I was just gonna say I, I think that it's you know you 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 work with the resources at hand like it would be super nice if I didn't have to update the website and respond to emails and post blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? But like for, uh, for us, it's, it's always been about building like the, like finding the right team. So we found the managers and then we found the agent and, but it's like for now, it's like, we're just going to, we're just going to do it ourselves because we can, we don't have anyone else to do it right now. And we could probably go out and find somebody to do it if we wanted to, but like, I don't know. I think that at least for me, like I'm fine doing all the business stuff. That's part of, not, like, I don't do all the business stuff, but like I'm fine with like doing the 
like additional things besides playing drums and working on songs and stuff that it requires to do that because like we're all just that's just what we do i don't know, I don't know like, how else to put it <laughs> like we uh we're like a band in like a traditional sense of a band and i don't know how common that is anymore of like having a band where like somebody isn't like the focal point or you know you got your 1975 it's like look at maddie look at you know like look at him and then like all these other people like we like do things really democratically and like everybody has their strengths and everybody has things that like they are good at and i think we used to like perhaps like try to make everybody do everything but like at a certain point we realized like maybe this is somebody's strength and we should let them run with it and so when you're your own team you just start to lean into that and try to figure out how can we use everybody's strengths to the best of our abilities without exhausting ourselves and without um, letting it take away from the music. Yeah. And no one's there to tell us what to do besides ourselves, which is. Or uh, each other. The, or yeah, or each <laughs> other. Or, like it's, it's super nice. Like being on a major label has a million positives, but like, people are telling you what to do what you can and can't do they're you know you have all this all of these people that are like controlling your your art what you put out or what you don't put out or how it sounds or how it looks or whatever so like you have a team behind it but like they're making decisions and I don't think that we're like ready for that yet I mean I don't know show me show me the check and <laughs> maybe but um no um yeah it just works too like what we have it's a lean a lean team that can get everything that we need to do done so why mess with that yeah definitely so for your third song um even though it was written in 2018 it really kind of resonates with now it's called virtual and like i just listening to the lyrics once again it was like all my friends are virtual watch the world from my bedroom i'm like whoa this is this is super <laughs> relevant <laughs> we had a we had a weird oracle situation with that one didn't we <laughs> yeah. uh, the, the the definition of uh before their time yeah yeah it's too bad it's, it's too bad i wish i wrote it later i wish we came up with that a little bit later huh oh re-release re-release <laughs> um yeah <laughs> I don't know why that was the case, but no, the uh, virtual and devil came out at the same time. And it was because I had the virtual course written a long time ago, like when I was in high school and, uh, and, uh, and I never finished the song. And then Chris showed me devil and it was all about like social media and LA and all this stuff. And I was like, well, I have so a song like that. And it's funny cause I was sitting on it forever and I showed him the chorus and he was like, finish that. You know, so I finished in a day, you know, a song that I'd sat on for like probably two or three years. I finished or like, no, probably like four or five years. I like finished in a day because there was an urgency for it. And because that was inspiring. It was like, you know what I mean? To like have yeah. like, I think we've done a lot of like dichotomy, like a lot of duality and a lot of songs that like kind of mirror each other, or at least to us, like have a relationship with each other. Mm -hmm. And so those two were, were two songs that had a relationship with each other, but um uh, the thing about virtual was that I already felt completely disconnected from everybody else because of social media, we, you know, and obviously we all feel that. And like, uh, I don't know, I think it's just uh, telling that that's how I felt that long ago. Oh, yeah. So, you, you know, you can only imagine how everybody feels now. Mm -hmm. 
I watch. Have you seen that show? Uh, I may destroy you. Sounds. I'm not yet. I, sounds it's really a, it's a, it's, a, it's a new HBO show, but they had an episode called uh, "Social Media is a Great Way to Connect with People," and it was just all about like one of them being an influencer and how like like dismissive of her friends she was being while she was talking to all these people she doesn't even know. And it was a. Uh, I don't know. I just. I. It, I it was. I was like, that's how. You know what I mean? I was like another like telling of like, yeah, definitely. Yeah, the same story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's um, and so since this was released on the single, I was curious like what like influences um singles to be released versus like releasing an album. Like, is it just mm. like about the artisanship? I guess. You want to take that, Matt? Sure. Um. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, we're 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 slaves to the algorithm. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's no, it's you're right though. It's it's uh, I mean that's that's a big part of it. Is like, we unfortunately live in a world where a lot of people only have the attention span and or willingness or time or whatever to listen to one song. And like, we want our music to get out there and reach as many people as possible. And when you put out an album in this day and age like not every song's going on a playlist not like there are a lot of amazing tracks like if we treat like kind of going back to like the songwriting process like all of these filters that these songs have to go through like like i think that they're incredible i think every single one of them is an incredible song and it's like to not give each and every song its own chance out in the world to like connect with as many people is kind of like almost a detriment to the song itself and like why would we why would we do that like why would you kind of sell yourself short and that's like you know I listen to albums like Peter and I both collect vinyl like we like it's a great way to support musicians and I encourage anyone listening to this to do that if if you like that because it supports musicians you're listening to songs in the way that they were completely intended to be listened to in the the order and everything um but that's not how a lot like the the reality is that's not how a lot of people listen to music anymore so it's like we you kind of have to go with the times and like we've we've talked like you know we've talked about lp1 for us like we're never it's not like we're never going to release a full-length album but it's just like the con of it is is big it's like people a lot of people the vast majority of people don't want a full lp they don't want to listen to every single one of your songs they want to listen to i want to take this song and put it on my driving playlist and then this fast song that you have i want to put on my workout playlist and then this mellow song i want to put on my chill out whatever playlist like that's just how people operate now and that's mm -hmm. that's what we do and like being an indie band too like kind of the the second part it's like it's difficult like we all work full-time jobs we all fund this ourselves so it's like an album is a big 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 feat mm -hmm. so it's like we just kind of are doing what we can in the smartest way that we think we can do it i think is like the the short answer yeah i don't yeah, know I if you have anything to to add to that i mean yeah you, you've been to the trends right like you ever like like uh you ever like talk to a person who's just from an older generation and they like condescend you? They're like, you probably don't know what a CD is. And you're like, dude, of course I know what a CD is. Come on. <laughs> right. And like, everybody has like their generation's plight, you know, like I'm sure like, 
records it was like oh i want to listen to that one song i'd go like lift up the needle and pick up the one song and, like like you just move on and like then it was like cds and then it's like whatever and like for us it was like you would ha- like i've been talking about this a lot uh i have a podcast called direct support pod listen to it if you like a uh, music podcast but like i've been at the last conversation i just had yeah i had to plug it uh the last conversation i had we talked a bunch about how like our generation's plight was being really proud of your like itunes library you know and like your like songs that you curated and like whatever like your mix of songs was like 10,000 songs and then like now it's Spotify playlists you know and I don't even know what the next thing's gonna be maybe it's like songs that like went viral on TikTok like like you just have to like you know you can be stubborn and some people are gonna like find merit in it and it's not like like albums are extinct like they're still albums it's just like you know the way things are consumed I think until we find um until we feel like like it's a good artistic statement to make the full-length record we're probably going to keep sitting on it but we're most excited about that mm-hmm. you know what i mean so i think it'll like it'll just continue to grow in terms of like power at least to us you know and i think the people who like have been there along the way are going to be like yes this is great news this is a full-length record from these guys and i've just been like collecting these little songs because it's also like when you put out a single, it's a reminder that you exist these days, which is like, like social media and social relevance is, you know, stack it on in the virtual BS <laughs> list. Yeah. yeah. So in the upcoming months, are there any projects that you guys have in store? Anything that you'd like to discuss or promote? We have a single coming out. I don't know if we can say the. Oh wait, we can say the date. It, co- this'll, this'll, it comes out. The pre-save link go, goes live when this interview goes live. So amazing. We should. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice. So we have a new single coming out called Dizzy, and you can pre-save it on Spotify or Apple Music or whatever, and it'll be um, released on October 9th, Matthew. Yep. Yep. He, he's and doing all the work pre- right now. Yeah, <laughs> I just have to hit submit now that I have the, the quote from it right before. So this is actually good timing. This is good timing. Yeah. Nice, awesome. Um, we yeah. also have a we have a single that just came out called Alenda, um, and so if you're like trying to pre-save it and hear our most recent stuff, those are our two most recent songs. Okay. Um, and yeah, but but yeah, so I think uh, keep your eyes peeled for Dizzy, and that's it for now. Cool. Yeah, more stuff on the way. We'll just we'll keep working on it, but it'll be. I think we'll be a little bit quiet yeah. until we feel like we can start, you know, playing these songs to people and not yeah. their computer screens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, this is Nancy. Thanks for listening in today at ninety-one point three FM WTSR. Remember to check out more content online at WTSR.org on the air, or on our Spotify and Captivate channels. And as always, we remind you to open your mind.